Welcome to the Let's Dive Deep podcast. I'm your host, Casey. In this podcast, we will be inspiring change and exploring the human experience through meaningful conversations. Let's dive deep together. Welcome to the second episode of Let's Dive Deep. We have today a very special guest, Fernando James with us. Hi, Fernando. How are you going? Yeah, I'm great. How are you, Casey? Not too bad today. You had a busy day today, didn't you? Very busy. Each day is busy in my life, particularly now. It's been a hot start to the year. Busy's good. Good busy or stressful busy? No, very good busy. Uh, You know, stress, I like stress. Stress means that you need to adapt, you need to respond. And there is a bit of stress in, in my life at the moment, but nothing that I can't control. I think as long as you manage your stress and monitor it, uh, you'll end up on top. So no, all, all, all is well. That's good. We love hearing that. Now, I met Fernando at Code and Conscious, very special place for us uh, with ice bath and breath work and the conversations that we've had, you just inspire me so much, Fernando. And I would really love to share your insight and your story with the podcast. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What is it that you do, your upbringing, and how have you gotten to where you are today? Of course. I just want to start by saying thanks, Casey, for having me on. It's a a great journey that you're going on and your venture to get as many people on the podcast with diverse backgrounds, I think is great. And I think it's something that is really lacking. And it's great to see so many people jumping into this space because look, we're all sick of listening to the same old radio. Uh, We want something more in depth and more in tune and something that we can relate to. So just want to start by saying, well done. With myself and my story. So for the listeners um, that are tuning into Casey's podcast, my name's Fernando. I am 26 this month, so I'm quite young and it's going to be interesting because with my young age comes uh, not a lack of maturity. I have matured quite quickly, but uh, there's a lot more wisdom that I can um, take or, or to get over the years or got, got to get, I should say. Uh, but my story is interesting because I have multiple businesses. I've got a loving fiance. I've gone overseas multiple times and done some amazing things with some individuals. I've actually got one of my businesses that is overseas. I've got a really good family. I come from a really good upbringing. I very diverse in my approach where I do a lot of breath work and and cold water immersion. I've jumped into um, psychedelic medicine and how that can benefit the, the human body as well. So I came from a science background with biochemistry as one of my studies. So that is an interesting part for me. I'm very big on health. I've done the bodybuilding and powerlifting path. I was quite successful when doing that. I've played just sports. Uh, I, I love to nerd out as well. I love my board games. I used to be a gamer myself in terms of computer games and things like that. So I've, I've done sort of a full circle and I've got to meet a lot of people on my journey, particularly in the last 18 to 24 months. It's been quite quite the path for me. And it, it was really these COVID years that have shaped who I am. And um, it was all a decision to sort of move out of home uh, three, four years ago now and, and go on my own path. But you know, the reason why I think Casey's got me on this this podcast is to talk about, yeah, my story and, and how I came to to form my, my business. And and really, I'm just the messenger. I, I meet a lot of successful people around the world. And success can mean many things for different people. But 
for me, all I like to do is accumulate knowledge. I'm a knowledge accumulator and I like to share and spread that knowledge. So that's what I'm going to do on today's podcast and uh, any questions that Casey has. And we might get some questions afterwards. People might, you know, message Casey and, and see and want to you know, touch base with me or ask Casey or anything. I'm always open to helping. And that's really where I derive everything from is my life's mission and my life's purpose. And I think I'm going to start my, the conversation there is, you know, in life, we tend to make decisions and some decisions are bigger than others. But a lot of the time we do struggle with, you know, where does that decision come from, like inner self? Where's that belief come from? And I think it needs to, step one in life for me, uh, is to tie it back to your life's mission. And and for me, my life's mission and purpose is that I, I truly do want to empower those people that live around me and that I have access to. And I want to empower them to an extent where they can live to their fullest potential and maximize their potential so much that they can start influencing others in a positive way around them. And then you've got this compounding effect on the world. And it sounds all lovey-dovey and it sounds great, but it, it is truly special when you can harness that. And every action or decision I do always leads me back to my mission. You know, am I striving forward? Am I growing? Am I moving towards my life's purpose? And Yes, that's why you've got me on, uh, but there's plenty of avenues we can go with this. So I'm going to leave it open to you, uh, whether you want to talk about finance first or business or philosophy in general, uh, relationships. Yeah. That's incredible because I can definitely see you living out your purpose with the interactions that we have had, the stories you've told me, um, and you even facilitating Cold and Conscious now as well. You've done so many breathwork expeditions and this transition that you're at towards um, all of these different things that you're exploring and living out your purpose. It's, it's just incredible to see how strong, how strong you are with your purpose and the decisions that come from it and your mindset as well. You put 110% in everything that you do, your business, your relationships, whatever it is. And, and from an outsider's perspective, I can really see that. So how, how have you come to develop this mindset were you always like this or what was it that shaped your mindset yeah sure that's a good question when you when you said yeah you you the way you just described me then it's one thing that i've carried with me from a young age i was never the most talented person uh in terms of skill sets i always had to work very very hard but that's where it became a blessing you know i think back to when i was in school i was never the smartest in the room and i always struggled particularly with you know, like your math methods and your biochemistry and those harder, harder subjects. But I always pushed myself. Uh, I, I always wanted to go above and beyond and nothing came easy for me. So everything came the hard way from health where I was always a chubby kid. So to keep the weight off, I always had to do a lot, a lot of training and exercise. You know, my education, I had to put in hours and hours of work just for a certain method to click. Uh, relationships, you know, even to this day, I still struggle with relationships. So I, I need to, you know, take uh, into account my masculine and feminine energy and the way I'm going about things and how direct I am and how to be candid. That's another conversation that we can have. But, you know, I, I learned from a young age that, you know, for me to hit my life's mission and purpose, and I was lucky that I found that out at a young age, I did have to learn to grow and adapt. And I had to use my biggest strength and my biggest strength was my grit and my determination. And I've carried that through with me. And at times um, it's worked to good effect. Other, at other times, it's probably been to my detriment. For example, when I used to train uh, for my bodybuilding shows, I'd, I'd absolutely kill myself. And I trained to the point of absolute exhaustion and fatigue. 
and it wasn't great for my overall health. You know, at the time it was narrow focused and it's what I needed to do at the time. Uh, but in the long run, that wasn't too good. Or I'd lack some balance where I was starting to open up my first few businesses and all I would do is be gung-ho on the business. And I had a really good conversation with a dear friend of mine just the other day about balance. And we were talking about when is the right time to balance life? You know, when's the right time to be direct and focus on one thing because shit needs to get done versus how do we keep balance? And I've had this conversation with some really successful people from all over the world. And I, I sort of saw it like this. And this is something that your listeners can relate to. We all weigh ourselves from time to time. We always want to see if we put on extra weight over Christmas, how we're going in the gym. You know, at some point in our life, we know what we, we weigh. And so if you, let's say, want to lose weight, and I'm just going to start a, a round figure. Let's say you're 100 kilos and you want to lose 20 kilos. You want to get to 80 kilos. And you set a good realistic goal, a smart goal, and you set a time frame. If you look at your weight, it might go from 100 to 97 to 96 to 95, but then there might be a period of time where it goes back up to 96, back up to 97, and then it drops down to 96 and back up. And it might sort of go like this, you know, it might look a bit wavy, a bit stagnant at times. You might get a bit frustrated, but if, uh, if you do your smart goal, right, and let's just assume that you have, and let's say it's a, a good time period for you to lose the weight. So not getting too technical from point A to point B, you would have gone from 100 kilos to 80 kilos and you would have achieved your goal. But if you look at it too closely and you look at the days or weeks where you stagnated or even put on weight and went backwards, you would look at your goal and be like, well, I'm not achieving it. I'm not, I'm not getting to where I need to be. The point is, is that when we have, when we're looking at balance, we want to look at balance across a large spectrum. So when I look at my life, there's days like today where I've been really busy and I've been focused on my one business and my one business only. Now that's not very balanced because I'm just focusing on career and financials. But there's relationships, there's my skills, there's my creativity, there's my family, there's my spirit. There's so many other things that we need to focus on. But I don't come home tonight beating myself up that I only focused on my one business and that's all I did for the day. As long as I can remove myself, and this is why journaling is really great, and I can look at it and go, well, over the course of the last 18 months, have I been balanced with my, with my pillars? And we'll refer to the pillars of wealth soon, but have I been balanced? If the answer is yes, then you're doing the right thing. You're on track. If the answer is no, then it's maybe something that you need to work on. But I think people get too caught up and they get hung up on, oh, but you know, this, this next week, I just have to focus on my career because I've got a big presentation to do. That's okay. It's, it, life will go with ebbs and flows. You can't have the perfect morning routine, the perfect afternoon to, routine, the perfect night routine. You have to go with, with where life will take you. Um, so that's, that's my perspective on how to look at it and, and how sort of answers what you said at the start with, you know, are you stressed and are you busy? I look at it and life will throw you different curveballs and you will go through periods where your stress levels change, your serotonin in your body changes and you feel a little bit different and you might feel unbalanced. But if you're aligned with your mission, tying it back to the mission and you're aligned with what your goal is and you set a really realistic and smart goal, well, then you got to back yourself to get there. And I back myself with my grit and my determination, tying that all in. And I know that I'll get the job done. Uh, whatever that task is, I'm that type of individual that'll say, yes, sir, no, sir. Um, and I back myself and you, you, you create little runs on the board. So when you do something good in your life or when I've done something good, I just mark it next to my name. And then when I do something else or something that's a bit more challenging or a bit tough, I mark it against my name. 
And then over time, as time accumulates, you look at the list and you go, wow, like I'm a serious individual. Like I can do whatever the, the, the task is. But a lot of the times we forget about how good we are as individuals. You know, I, I did it. You know, I've been experimenting with fasting, for example. And last year I did quite a few fasts. And the longest fast I've done at the moment, water fast we're talking, is four and three quarter days, just under five days. Now, as we're doing this podcast, I'm currently in a fast. I'm hitting day three at the moment. But now I'm going for between five and seven days. So I'm pushing it a little bit more. Now, that is a challenge. And, and fasting is not easy. But I look at what I've done in the past. And I've looked at I've got to pretty much five days, along with all the other challenging shit I've done in my life. And I'm like, well, I got this. Like, I've done it before. Fernando Bigella has been there before. He's going to do it again. And, and that's where the, the courage comes in. That's where the grit, the determination comes in, tying it back to your life's mission and then making sure that you're balanced across the journey. I think people often um, overestimate what they can achieve in, what's the saying? You overestimate what you can achieve in a year and underestimate what you can achieve in a day or something along those lines. It's people, people always think, all right, I got to do achieve this big thing. But in order to achieve that big thing, you need to take little actions every day to become that person, to live up to that identity. And those little actions and little habits that you do every single day then shapes who you are as a person over time. And it's integrity as well and it's self-respect as well. If you want to lose weight or if you want to keep fit, are you going to the gym every day? Even if you don't feel like it, are you showing up for yourself and just going anyway? And it's about those little actions that that, that really shape your identity over time because 1% every day equates to 365% a year. Of course. And it's a famous saying, if you've got a ship and you, and you turn it off, off route by, by one degree, in a year's time, you're going to end on a very different path compared to the path that you started on. So you hit the nail on the head there. And, and doing the little things daily will account to the bigger things. So what, what you were saying is that we do, we tend to overestimate what we can do in a short period of time or a day uh, but in a long period of time we'll underestimate so if i look at just today for example to give your listeners an indication you know i wanted to work on personalized support systems i wanted to uh, employ what well, we employed a new manager but get her started and work one-on-one -on -one with her i needed to do work on my company in fiji i needed to uh, take the dogs for a walk. I wanted to go swimming. I wanted to go to the gym. I wanted to, I needed to, I, one of my goals is to read a book, one book per week. I wanted to read at least 5,100 pages. All I did was work on the business. Those other points that I've mentioned, I haven't even done yet. And it's nighttime now. So I overestimated what I could do today. I haven't achieved it. But in saying that, when I look at already the first, what are we, 15, 16 days of 2023, I've already achieved four or five massive milestones because it's the little things that you do in between. And again, overall, if you look at that balance, I will achieve those other things in time. And it's important not to beat yourself up over the things that you don't achieve in, in the one day, because we do, we always want to get up and some, some people be really enthusiastic and set all these goals. And then if you don't hit them, you kind of feel a bit empty, but if you're on the right path and you're determined and you've got the right attributes and you know your mission, you're, you're going to achieve it anyway. So that's one thing that I've had to learn with a bit of maturity. I used to beat myself up. I was that person that was really harsh on myself. And you know, there's a lot of us that, 
you know, could put our hand up and say, yeah, that's me too. Uh, and I get that. And, and it's great because it shows that you're eager to grow, you're eager to learn, you're eager to succeed. And that's a really important trait to have if you want to be successful. But then again, it always comes back to balance. It always comes to, okay, well, what's, what's the life's mission? And the key word, life's mission. And we don't know when our life's going to end. That's true. And you want to live each day to the fullest. But be smart about things. Don't burn yourself out. Don't beat yourself up. You know, you've, you've only got you. Your self-talk is so important. So, yeah, I, I'd encourage the listeners is to, to set goals for the day. That if you need to focus on a particular area and that area is going to get you forward in the long run, then be proud in what you've achieved. As long as you're growing, as, as long as you're stepping forward, to me, that, that's all that matters. And, you know, quite simple exercise for, for those that are listening is just each day, if you do a journal already, that's great. If you don't, I'd encourage you to do one. But what I do on the bottom of each of my journals for each day is just to list one thing that I learned. What's one thing that makes Fernando Begala of the 16th of the 1st, 2023, better than Fernando Begala of the 15th of the 1st, 2023? And another one, which I was going to post on my Instagram page, I might as well mention it here, is I was thinking if I could pause my life at any year, any stage of my life, so age 10, age 6, age 14, age 21, age 25 now, where would I pause my life? And that's a really important question to ask because I was, I was doing a bit of, bit of meditation and a bit of thinking about it. And I'd pause it right now because I'm at the pinnacle and I keep growing. So I'm always at the peak and there might be little troughs, but I'm always at the peak. I wouldn't pause in the past. Now, if you, for, for the listeners, really reflect, don't just come up with a, a wishy-washy answer, really sit and reflect and go, what was the best year of my life? And if I had to be stuck in that year for the rest of my life, stuck at that age, what year would it be and why? Now, the right answer doesn't have to be your current year. That's okay if your answer is a younger self, but try and identify, well, what made that such a good year? And maybe it'll start to realign your values and maybe you might get back to what your life's mission actually is. So that's a really cool exercise to do as well. Mm. And I think for the listeners who are going through a little bit of a something as well, who maybe you're feeling like you're in a bit of a dark spot, just, and 2023 is just starting. I think it's important to remember that whatever you are going through, you know, wherever you are, everything happens for a reason. Each season of life happens for a reason. And even if you are going through, say, a down period, it is there for you to assist you to evolve into the person that you are going to be or that you will be. And we may not have, you know, we can't experience the highs without the lows and vice versa. There's duality to everything that we do. And for those of you going through a little bit of a hard time, if you need someone to talk to, please reach out to myself and Fernando as well. Either of us would be happy to talk to you. But just remember that, everything happens for a reason you are meant to be here and you will evolve to the person that you are meant to be. And this is part of the process. 100%, 100%. And we're always holding something, you know, this, this morning, I actually, I went to my, my clinic where I do Chinese medicine early this morning and I had my acupuncture done and I was sitting there and it was like, I was doing breath work. I was just, all these emotions were coming out and I was really in this relaxed state, but I could feel the tension coming out. And it's, it's, it's for those that have, haven't done acupuncture, it's sort of hard to describe the little needles they get put in your body and helps with energy flow and, and balance. And there's a lot of other things and a lot of health benefits. You can research it uh, yourselves after you listen to this podcast, but 
it was really important for me to look at it and go, well, I thought I was ready for the week. Like Monday morning, I'm doing this at 8.30 in the morning. So I thought I was ready. I had a weekend to recover that right now my body's telling me, no, like you've <laughs> there's still stuff within that you're, you're struggling to deal with because it has been such a hectic start to the year. Uh, and the acupuncture that doesn't necessarily bring it out. It doesn't bring it out. The point is, is that I allowed time for myself and I allowed time to identify, hey, look, I'm not aligned here. There's something that is, is going wrong. And you can do that in the comfort of your home. You can do that with some good meditation. You can do that just simply by lying in bed for 20 minutes before you actually go, go to sleep and just being blank and thinking about nothing. But it's okay to not feel okay as well. You know, obviously we always want to feel positive and, uh, you know, we want things to be better than what, what they are. It's human nature, but it's okay to just sit with yourself and be like, wow, I'm not 100%. Like my therapist asked me this morning, how are you feeling? I said, oh, I'm in a mood. She goes, why? I said, I don't know. I'm just not, I don't feel myself. And then it came out with the acupuncture. So acknowledge those feelings. And if you need to do the work internally, some people do it internally and you can handle that, then you do it internally. If you need to reach out, like Casey said, there's people in this community that will help you. And I think it's really important to have those honest conversations with yourself because sometimes we don't know what we want and life's so busy and there's all, all this stimulus around that we don't know where to target our energy and target our focus. But if we just sit and be present in the moment, a lot of the answers will come to you. The answers are always within you. And that's definitely something that I've learned within the last week, especially after speaking to yourself and Phil at um, Court and Conscious last Sunday. Phil asked me a really good question, which was all these seminars and things that I've been doing, are they a distraction or are they actually helping? And upon some reflection, I had to think about it. And I think, yeah, to, to an extent, they have been a distraction, a distraction from me looking, actually looking inwards and reflecting on what is it that I actually need and want. Whilst these seminars and tools, they have been really helpful and I've learned so much and I've grown so much from, from them, but I haven't had the chance or the opportunity, well, I've had the chance and opportunity, but I haven't forced myself to sit down and look inwards and to reflect. And that's what I've been trying to do this week to gain some clarity and direction and just force myself to do it it's and important it, it helps right like when you do force yourself and you do you know it might be hard at the start but now a bit after you're feeling a lot better about things yeah i definitely am after just even just a couple of days i am feeling I have, like i have more clarity and feeling better in general as well but fernando i'd like to take a bit of a change of pace and change of direction so you have a couple of businesses you that you have, is it 150 employees or something along those lines? Yeah, very Under close you? to that. Yeah, close, close to that, which is a lot. So you have a couple of businesses. You're very well versed in the business side of things. Do you have any particular advice for young entrepreneurs who are starting out? Anything that you've learned? Anything that they should keep in mind? Well. Wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface that with there's so much advice out there and there's so many people that have a lot of tools. It's about using the right tool for the right job. Uh, so a lot of people will give advice and it's all valid, but it doesn't mean it's valid for the right person in the right situation. So first you've got to identify what tool you need. It's a bit like changing a tire on a car. There's a certain tool that will allow you to do that. You know, you're not going to use a chainsaw to change a tire on your car, hypothetically speaking. But a chainsaw is a good tool to have in your shed because you may need to you may need to cut down some trees one time. So that's how I'm going to preface it. With myself, I can only speak from my experience and my experience 
will work for a majority of people. Um, but again, it's only so far you can take it, you're going to need more tools. People ask me this question all the time, and I always bring it back to do what you're passionate with, but I'm going to go in a bit more depth because I know a lot of individuals will say, follow what you love and love what you do. That's a, that's a saying that I've heard for years and it's true. But when I started each business, I've got five and I can go over the five for, for your listeners soon. I've got five businesses and each business that I started, I had a, a real big passion and a sense of, I have a moral obligation to give this business idea or this project to the world. If I don't give it to the world, the, the world won't be as good as what I can picture it to be, as, as funny as that might sound. So like one of the, the companies that I've got is with my lovely fiance and we do vegan desserts and we sell to restaurants and cafes like wholesale. And we're not vegan. You know, I, I respect uh, the vegan culture. I actually eat vegan a lot of the time. I've actually reduced my meat intake and off topic, I, I really love what you can do with vegan food. But that's why I got into it. When I first um, met my fiance, she had just started this business and then we, we wanted to grow it. And uh, she thought that I wasn't going to get into it because, you know, I ate meat. I didn't really eat vegan desserts. Like I'm Italian. Like we eat desserts with a lot of cheese and cream. I think tiramisu. It's all very heavy. Um, but I saw her product and I saw quality in the product. And what made it st stand out was that she had like these bliss balls, you know, like when you go to a shop and there's those little brown balls and they've got like coconuts on them. That's the point that everywhere I had looked up until that point in time, and even still now, like five, six years later, you'll find the balls and even though they're different flavors, they're the same. They're, they're made with medjool dates predominantly. It's a cheap product, but they're made with medjool dates and they've got coconut on the outside and they've got like either peanut butter flavoring or a, a sour cherry or whatever it is. And they're all the same product made from the same base with the same texture and they look the same. Whereas when I came across the products that when our fiance did, they were all very, very different. For example, she was doing products for uh, Chinese restaurants that were matcha lime flavor or lychee lemonade flavor. And it was just, they looked different. Every texture of product was different and they tasted amazing. And it ties back into, I had at that point in time, I'm like, oh my God, there's a lot of vegans out there. There's a lot of people out there that just want healthier desserts. This is incredible. It's a product and it's a product that stands out from the market. And this product needs to get to market because people want that diversity, diversity in product. Same thing with my disability support company. We now are about to open our second hub space, but we've got three commercial spaces, but our second large space. And in that space, we do group programs for people with disabilities and various needs. So you know, art, drama, music, meditation, fitness, pottery, cooking, list goes on. And there's no one really doing it in the industry. And I thought, when we started these hub spaces, I thought, if it's not me, then who? Because there's people out there that are looking for programs. They're looking for people to be social with. They're looking for those groups. And I've got the vision. If I don't implement this, then who's going to do it? And who's going to, those kids, those people that are coming to the space, they're not going to get that joy because it's not happening at the moment. So that's where I tie back and go, I've got a moral obligation to present this. But you can only have that obligation if you love what you do and you have a true passion for what you're about to embark on. So if it's a business that, oh, I'm gonna make a bit of money, let's do it. You might make it work. I'm not saying you won't. You might be a very driven individual and very intelligent and you could make it work and make money. But if for the younger entrepreneurs and even the first time entrepreneurs, if you're wanting to get into business, go, what am I really passionate about? And how will this change a life, 
change a group, change the world. And if I don't bring this product or this service to the market, what are the implications of that? So that's how I, how I do things. It's really easy because again, I've got my base, which is my life's mission that I want to empower people and get, live, enable them to live their life to their fullest potential. So with the, for example, the vegan dessert company, you go, well, how do they tie in? Well, they want good food choices as well. Like you or I that eat pretty much a whole spectrum of food, we can go to a buffet and pick things off the buffet and we're very flexible and we live in a really good country that we've got all the resources available. So why don't we make the resources more abundant for people that have different intolerances or different food preferences? And that's where I thought, nah, there has to be a better product than just this single product that everyone keeps using. Same thing with disability. There's no spaces out there. And if there are commercial spaces, it's the same programs. Uh, and there's very much like you see those groups that go out to shopping centers and they go bowling and they take them around in that typical white van. And I'm like, no, there has to be more than this. Like I, I have an obligation to provide more. Why? Because I want to empower people to live their best life. And that can be the small thing, like making a dessert for someone. And they're like, oh my God, like I didn't know food could taste this good. Or it could be a larger scale thing, like what I'm doing at Personalized Support Systems. But everyone's got great ideas and we run in an economy that everyone there is helping another person in some way. Uh, there's not many jobs that is just so centered, like there's often service or there's goods or there's something exchange. You just got to think, you know, does that tie back to my life's mission and what difference is that making? So. I'd encourage people, that's a long answer. I'd encourage people to go with what they're passionate with. And that is why, because when I was growing up, people would be like, do what you love and love what you do. And it'd be great. It'd be like, oh my God, like, yes, they're, they're the answers. And it is, but it's the shallow answer. That's, there's an answer that if you want to go more in depth with it, and I'm trying to tie in this whole podcast, start with your, your mission, your mission statement from the start, go with balance, pursue growth and go, okay, with this idea that I've got, how does that all tie in? If it ties in, then you go for it. And there's ways that you go about it, but there's a start. And in addition to that as well, I suppose it's important to then have goals in mind and how you're going to achieve all of that. And it's not maybe not just limited to just business. You were talking about having a wealthful or wealthy versus wealthy life. And you were talking about the nine pillars in one of our conversations. Can you tell me a little bit more about the nine pillars and how you came about it? You mentioned something about um, coming up, coming across it in Fiji and your business in Fiji and meeting people there. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So we, we start like, I want the viewers, uh, the viewers, listeners, however you might be tuning in is to think about when I say the word wealthy, if I say to you, I'm wealthy, or if I say to you, Tom down the street is wealthy, or Sarah is wealthy, what runs through your mind? Just take a moment now to think. Typically speaking, now, Casey's viewers are quite intelligent, so I, I, I might not be able to catch them off guard, but typically speaking, majority of people will think money is wealth. Some others might think relationships. Some might think it's health but they're the top three and they're three real valid areas and they all align with wealth. And there's no, that's not wrong at all, but there's a deeper understanding that wealth is so much more. And when you were talking Casey about being in Fiji, I went to an event in Fiji last year where I was around, there was 73 of us, but 73 of the best entrepreneurs around the world from all different countries, anywhere you can think of the globe. And some of these people made me look very, very small. 
and they humbled me. You know, you mentioned before, I've got about 150 staff and five companies. Some of these people had 30, 40 companies and you're talking five, 10, 20,000 staff. Uh, but diverse and they were very well balanced in their life. And we did an exercise and this extends from, I'm wearing his cap at the moment, Tony Robbins, for those of you that recognize um, the Tony Robbins Clover cap, that's what I'm wearing. Uh, And it extends that this seminar, this course that I did extends from that. So he wasn't there, but it was a lot of, you know, the entrepreneurs and people that had done training and we facilitate and on the side, I do crew for Tony Robbins as well. And we talk about the nine pillars of wealth, which is really, really important. And it all came about when we're doing vision boards, which is another exercise that we can do. And for those of you that want to know more about how to structure a vision board, I'm happy to give more advice after the podcast and work on it. But with wealth, there's nine components and I'm going to list them. I'm actually, I haven't got notes in front of me for the, for the listeners. So I'm going to list them off the top of my head and, and then I'm going to break them down. And hopefully this can help you try to restructure the way you're thinking about things in life and also restructure your goals. So we've got the main three that I mentioned before. We've got your health, we've got finance, and we've got relationships. They're your your three. We've also got family, that's four. We've got your skills and knowledge, that's five. We've got your identity, six. We've got your creativity, seven. We've got your contribution, eight. And the ninth one we've got is, which escapes me at this point in time, but that's why I've done it raw. I'll I'll get back to the ninth. So obviously that ninth I have to work on. But they're, they're the eight, the ninth will come back. If we don't balance and we don't strive to grow in each of those categories, life's going to become very lopsided and we be, and we can start to tune in. Our thoughts and our self-talk can start to become very negative. And the conversation I was having with Casey off this podcast about a week ago was that a lot of people will sacrifice three, four, or five of those pillars of wealth in pursuit of one pillar. Now, the most stereotypical example is that people sacrifice everything to get paid more at their job or work in a job that they don't like. Now, we hear about that day to day, but people can sacrifice a lot to be in a relationship. People can sacrifice a lot to find who they am and find themselves and go on a journey around the world and chase their identity. There's things that people can do, but we're talking about sacrifice here. So I'm just going to relate it to finance, which everyone can relate to because most people, if not everyone, tries to earn an income at some point in their life. So let's take Bob. I'm just using Bob as an example. Sorry, any Bobs that are listening. And if Bob works a job and he's getting paid 150000 a year at the job. So it's a good paying job. And Bob hates his job. You know, he works it. And you ask Bob, why are you still working that job? And Bob goes, oh, it pays well. Typically, I hear that conversation a lot, or it's good money. But Bob on the inside doesn't know his true purpose in life, so identity. Doesn't get to spend a lot of time with his family because he's working long, long hours. Doesn't build on his relationships because he just hates his job and hates everyone in there and sticks to himself. And in terms of career path, he's not progressing because he's doing something that he doesn't like. So for the sake of one, two, three, four or so pillars that I just mentioned that Bob isn't growing, he's getting the one pillar back, which is finance. So he's sacrificing four wealth pillars to gain in one. But you know what the great thing is, or when I say great, the funny thing is, 
if you were to speak to Bob, people like, but why? Why why do you need 150,000? Like, why are you working so hard? The typical answer would be so that I can earn more, so I can provide for my family and I can take my family on good holidays and then I can retire. And it's like you're you're reinventing the wheel. Right. Just if we take a, a moment just to think about that. Bob's working 150,000, sacrificing things like family, relationships, career path, and identity, just to name a few, to then use that 150,000 to put to spend more time with his family and go on holidays, to increase his relationships. Maybe Bob one day wants to get out of that job, but never acts because it's paid so well. So maybe he's going to use the money to find something that he wants or start a hobby, could be creativity that he's not doing. So he's trying to reinvent the wheel. He's trying to sacrifice everything for finance so that finance improves all the other pillars. But how about we reverse engineer that for a second? How about we go, okay, Bob, if you just left that job that you're unhappy with, and instead of earning 150,000, let's say you only earn 70,000. So it's more, more, it's a huge cut. It's less than half than what he was earning. That's a hard move to make. But if he was earning 70,000, but he had a better work-life balance, his relationship with his family increased, he had time to learn the guitar and improve on his creativity. And he could really find a job that he loved. So his career path could then excel from that 70,000. The finance will come, it'll come. And it might not come because he's gonna go on a career path and pay raises and build up again. It may come from other ways. Maybe he might sell some records when he plays the guitar. Maybe he might spend some more time with his kids, pass on all his knowledge and wisdom. Maybe his kids might be successful and he'll live through his kids. And for a lot of people, that's that we want our kids to succeed. We want our family members to succeed. So there's other avenues to be successful and to be wealthy. You know, if you're doing things and you, you're severely imbalanced in, in certain areas, that can be a problem too. Let's take health, for example, because health is another big pillar that we mentioned. You'll get people that don't go to the gym at all and they focus very heavily on finance and maybe relationships and they're going out, they're very social, but they might be severely overweight. They've got all these other health issues. That's that's not great. Could work the other way where you've got a gym nut, a, a bodybuilder. Now I've been there and done this, but if you get stuck in that cycle, you just don't stop going to the gym and you're, you're ripped and you're shredded and you're healthy and you're doing all the right things and you weigh your food, but you become so fixated that your relationships go down now. So it's a, it's a balance, it's a challenge, but to bring it, to tie that conversation in, the way I live my life and the way that a lot of successful people and wealthy people in our context are doing it around the world is looking at it and going, well, what's the return on investment? If I'm going to invest time and focus my time in one area of wealth, if that area improves, what other areas of my wealth cycle improve as well? If I'm having to sacrifice four or five areas to gain one, that's a bad return on investment. If I'm going to invest $100,000 in a project and I'm only getting $1,000 back, that's a bad return on investment. If I'm investing 100,000 and I'm getting four times back, and I'm gonna get 400,000 in return, that's a good return on investment in simple terms. So we do that with money very easily, at least some. So why don't we do it with wealth and where we're focusing our energy and attention from day to day? So that's what I'd encourage your listeners to do, Casey, is, is to t go away from this podcast and go, okay, what are the nine pillars of wealth? And I know I've only mentioned eight, but I'll list all nine. Casey, you can, you can share that with your listeners, uh, maybe in the description or however you'd like to do it. And then when I make a decision in life, what am I, what am I set to gain out of those pillars? What am I set to lose? You'll get the answer yourself. If it's not balanced, 
you know the answer, you know the right answer, but it's not an easy answer to make because if I use that example of Bob, 150,000 to 70,000, it's going to bring a lot, a lot of change. But in the overall spectrum of things, when I talk about balance across a spectrum, you're going to win. And if you start winning like that on that micro level and you become balanced in all your nine pillars, you'll live a wealthy life. Don't get too sucked on, sucked up on one pillar. People will go through that. I mentioned health and I mentioned finance. I also mentioned relationships where they meet someone for the first time and it's fireworks and it sparks and it's love. And I'm spending every night of the week with my partner and I'm just going to see them and that's all I'm going to do. And what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm with my partner. And it's all great, isn't it? Sounds great. But what else are you lacking? Now, if you're getting a lot of other areas and you're being creative together and you're growing a vision together and there's a career path there for you and everything's blossoming, then great. I'm not saying it's bad. But if you're that type of person that gets into a relationship and you put the blinkers on and everything else leaves your life, you really got to evaluate what's going on because it's no different to the finance situation. It's no different to the health situation. So I've just used the top three pillars to explain that in detail, but you can use every nine. So I encourage everyone to do that. And a good exercise that we did, if you if you were like, okay, what would it be like to be in a room of 73 very su successful entrepreneurs and wealthy people? We just, on a piece of paper, we drew a circle. We did like a wheel and we put the pillars of wealth. And out of 10, we just rated it out of 10. 10 being like you're at Gandhi level, one being you, you haven't even touched the surface. And we just drew in on the wheel where we were. So I'd put like a six here, a six for health, you know, a seven for finance, whatever it might be. And then you can just from a visual point of view, if you're a visual learner, you can start to see and go, oh, wow, I'm actually really unbalanced there. Like I'm not creative at all. Maybe that's why I'm getting stuck with my business. That's why, well, I'm an, I'm, I'm an inspiring entrepreneur and I've got all the knowledge. I've got skills and knowledge. I know my identity. I know my career path. I found a passion. I'm doing everything Fernando said but I'm not creative. And if you can't be creative, that's where you learn as an entrepreneur to harness and leverage the people around you. Then you get someone that's creative and you work with them and together you grow. So that, that's, that's the nine pillars. Can you give the listeners an example of perhaps a goal or decision that you have had to make where you use the nine pillars as a framework? How did you go about it? And what was the decision or, or the goal? Hmm. I'll take the Fiji example um, with the business that I started in Fiji. I'll give the story that it enables me to tell a bit of a story, which I think the listeners would appreciate, but it can relate back to your question. So I started a, a business in Fiji, so VC transfers and tours, it's a transfer and tours company. So if you book uh, to go to Fiji and you need to be picked up from the airport, uh, I've got a business partner named Pate. Pate will pick you up from the local airport in Fiji, take you to wherever you need to go. He'll even do tours if you want to go to the city or see landmarks around Fiji. That's the company. Um, I was in Fiji last year and I was there for, for work and to do some seminars, but I was also there for a week to see a bit more Fiji before the seminars. And going back to my life's mission, so it all ties in, I always, wherever I go, whether it's somewhere local, whether it's overseas, I try and empower someone and change their life in a positive way. Uh, and as long as my intention's right, they might not see the change straight away, but that's okay. That's irrelevant. And I met this guy, Pate, and before I met him, I saw the same thing happen in Fiji, where the locals were severely underpaid and a lot of overseas investors were making big money off them. 
For example, I paid Pate one day $500. That was Fijian dollars, so it works out to be like $300 for those of you that don't know conversions. And when I paid him the money, the $500 Fijian, he explained to me that he only got $17 out of that Fijian dollars for the whole day. And I thought, wow, if the, if that's the profit margin there, I'd be a billionaire back in Australia if I was paying staff at that rate. But it wasn't just with Pate. That happened in the hotels, the restaurants, when I was getting a massage, when I was talking to the waiter, when I was talking to people in shops, it happened everywhere. They would get paid between one and $2.50, Fijian dollars an hour. Australian dollars, uh, 60% of that. So if it was $2, you know, you're getting just over a dollar Australian. So not a lot of money whilst the sales were still high. So like to buy a chocolate a block of chocolate, a chocolate bar is still the same as if you were to purchase it here in Australia. Maybe a little bit cheaper to be fair, but it's still, it wasn't it wasn't the same ratio. Point is, is that I said to my fiance, I said, we, we got to do something about this. I, I, I don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. You know, I, I appreciate people that can make money. And I personally never look down on anyone that can make money. I, I think we get stuck in this world of jealousy and I know it's hard to get out of, but I, I don't like that. That's not a way to make money, not off the backs of other people and in, in, in foreign countries as well. Like Fiji is not a first world country for those of you uh, that haven't experienced Fiji, but a beautiful place. So this one particular day, I was with Pate for 16 hours and where he was driving us around everywhere. He was such a nice guy, you know, like he didn't even charge us extra to, get, to stay with us the whole day and give us tours. He just wanted to help. And he had a young daughter and a wife and, he, in Fiji, it works where you've got like chiefs of the villages. And when I say chiefs, I'm going to try and relate it to our Australian listeners. It's like you've got local members of council. You've got different councils and there's someone in charge. There's a board and there's someone in charge of the council. That's like the chief of the village. Like they're in charge and they've got a lot of say. Pate's mum was the chief of a village, a village amongst six other villages. So there were seven villages. They were 45 minutes each way from the nearest like shopping centre or shopping complex. So they had to grow their own food and pretty much survive on their own. If they wanted to go into town, it would cost them much cheaper than taxis here. It would cost them $10 there and $10 back for a 45 minute taxi ride. So you go, oh, that's pretty cheap. That's $20 for the day. Maximum day on a 16 hour working day, they make like $17. So you can imagine how it's just not practical for them to do that. And when I was talking to Pate, what I really loved, and when I try and empower someone, and some of you might want to use this advice, is that I look to see if I empower a certain individual, how do they then compound that and empower others around them? Because that's my mission. I want to empower people to their full potential, but I want them to be able to do the same. And I've met a, a lot of special individuals, but none more than Pate. And when I met Pate, I said, well, if I was Pate living in Fiji, that would be me. And if Pate was born and bred in Melbourne, he would be living my life. He'd be having the businesses and be, be successful in, in this sense. And I'd be living his life, trying to hustle and trying to, to, to build a business. So he was working for this taxi company and he said to me constantly, and the reason why I said he had me in him is that he kept saying that he wanted to help others, empower others. He wanted to help his mum build um, a local community store and then stock products so that the locals didn't have to travel far. He wanted to start his own taxi business. He wanted to then get more taxis to then employ more people. Um, his brother was a coconut tree climber and sold like coconuts on the side of the road, but he wanted to get that out to more people. And I thought, this guy's amazing. Like he's not thinking about himself. He's not thinking about how little he brings home for his daughter and his wife. He's thinking about community here. I'm like, if I can power, empower him, he's going to do bigger things than what I could ever do. And this is that this is the art. 
in being successful. And it's a famous saying, Casey, when you say, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. There's certain people that you will go to empower and you think you've done everything you can and you've given your heart and soul, but they don't do anything with it. And it can leave you feeling a bit, bit down. And there's another saying as well, where, where if you want to teach a fisherman to, to fish and catch his own fish, you teach him to fish. You don't give him the fish and say, there you go. You don't do it for him. You teach him the skills and then he's able to fish and produce for himself. So using those two, I guess, you know, um, quotes or um, sayings that people use, I sort of had to think about the situation. I said, I really need to empower Pate. It's really aligned with my mission and this is what I want to do and I need to empower him. And I first was speaking to my fiance and I'm like, oh, do we just, you know, buy him, the, buy him their community store? Because it was going to cost maybe 30, 35,000. And I thought I could just buy it and say, here, you can run your store. And that'd be cool. Like I could go back to Fiji in 10 years and tell my kids, hey, I built that community store. But that was a bit of significance. And we're talking about the human needs here, but that was a bit about me. That was a bit, you know, of course I wanted to help, but there was a bit of, bit of ego there, a bit of negative ego, a bit of, uh, I did that. So I thought, nah, that's not, that's not the right thing to do. How do I then empower this man? So what I did on one day that he was with us, we were in the main uh, shopping area and I told him to give myself and my fiance space. And I went and bought a few things. When I came back to the car, the first thing I did, I, I like to do things in three, I don't know, a bit of superstition. And when I first came back, I, I bought him like this pearl necklace for his daughter. It was maybe like $100. So to us, it's not that expensive. For some people, yes, $100 can be expensive and I understand it. But in, I'm talking in, into into the the comparison between Australia and Fiji. $100 is very expensive there, not as expensive here. So I bought him that and I said, look, you work hard. And again, I'm trying to improve the, the relationship side of things. And he loves his family. But I said, go tell your daughter that you love her and that gives from you. And that, that was the first thing. And he was very emotional at the time. It was a beautiful gesture. And I'm, I'm happy I did it. But I bought him two other things as well. And he didn't realize until the day after. So he dropped us off. And then the day after, my fiance was flying back to Melbourne. I was flying to uh, Tony Robbins Island and Resort to do a lot of the training. And so we had to go our separate ways. And then when we left him, we spent another eight hours with him the next day. And when he left, and it was the saying goodbyes. He was going to see me again, but he was saying goodbyes to Holly. I said, Pate, I've got, here you go. I've got, I've got a phone for you. Cause he didn't have a phone. The company gave him a phone. I said, here, I bought this for you. And I want you to use that to communicate with me and run your own business. And he was like shocked that I bought him a phone, but also shocked because he didn't understand what I was getting at. And then after the phone, I, I pulled out a set of keys and I gave him keys to a brand new car. And I said, Empate, I bought you a car. You, you are going to start your business and I'm, you're going to use the phone and I'm going to guide you through that process. And that, that story in short was one of the most beautiful moments of my life. You can ask my, my fiance, she's never seen such beauty in, in, in a moment. And to really give to someone like that is really special. Now, not to get sidetracked from your original question, uh, but for me, that Fiji moment, that experience goes back to the, the pillars of wealth because I wasn't in a financial position to spend $25,000 on a car and another $1,000 on a phone. It, for me, at this point in time in my life, I've got a lot of projects back here. So to answer your question, I assessed that scenario and said, financially, this is going to kill me. And a lot, again, it always comes back to finances. A lot of us think financially and it's not a bad thing, but that's how I thought. 
And I'm like, oh, no, like I could just, the necklace is enough. And it's a beautiful geshe. It would have been great. But I thought, what can happen from that? So I'm sacrificing finances, but what do I get from that? I get a bit more sense of identity. My creativity improves because now I have to learn how to do business in Fiji and I've got to guide someone through it that has absolutely no education compared to us here in Australia and no business experience at all. I get to improve on my relationships. I get to do something meaningful, contribution. Like I've already listed five or six and I could keep going. So that's pretty lopsided, but that's a good return on investment. That's why I made the decision to do it. If I look shallow minded and said, well, at this point in time, it's not for me. I can't financially do it, which is how a lot of us think. And I understand that finances is important. But for me to be wealthy, to be the individual I am today and to be successful, I had to make that call. I had to make that decision. And I had to find another way to make money because I'm like, I can make money, but I can't contribute like I can. I've got the opportunity here to really impact someone's life, but not only impact his life, impact the whole village, a whole community of people from this one decision. So to answer your question, Casey, there's times where I've thought like that. And that was one of the most recent times where I had a profound impact. And now Savisi Transfers and Tours is, is up and running and I've got people booking and we haven't even haven't even tried to launch it yet because you can understand that Pate in Fiji, he's working with his wife and um, we've had to start slow because I don't want to overwhelm him, but it's such a magical company. And Savisi means to give back. And I didn't come up with that name. That was Pate. And that's why it was such a good project to give to and such a good vision because he was aligned. Like I said, he was me just living in Fiji. Um, so that's how that came about, about. And that's how I tend to think about decisions. Uh, and it can go the other way as well, where that's a decision that I made. There's been other times where it's a decision that I pull back because I, I think I go, oh, I'm going to sacrifice too much here. Like, yes, that's a really cool thing to do. Like I'm going to excel in my relationships in this area, but I have to pull back because it's just not the, worth the return on investment. So there you have it. That's you learned a bit about one of my businesses and, and a, a bit about how I think about the wealth wheel. Oh, that's such a wonderful story. And I really think it goes to show the kind of person you are, Fernando. You have such a big heart for other people and you have this ability to bring community together. And it's just it's just beautiful. I love seeing it from an outsider's perspective and the the passion that you have when you share your stories. It's It's just inspiring. And I love seeing you living out your purpose and your values. And I'm so happy for you. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I thank you as well for giving me the opportunity to share some, some of my story. And I, I do enjoy telling it because it, it's, it, at the end of the day, it's not about me. Like I love telling people now how competent Pate is. Like I go, I hear his Pate's details, he'll handle it. And to see his growth, it's amazing. It's a bit like, like if, if there's any parents listening to this podcast, when you see your kid grow, and you see them go through life and they have their lessons, but when you see them grow, it's so special. Like you cherish those moments when your kid goes from being a kid to a young adult to then an adult. And I haven't been through fatherhood, so I'm only talking from what I've heard, but I would almost guarantee that a lot of parents enjoy seeing their kids grow. And I, I got the same enjoyment from seeing Pate, you know, complete stranger one day, and now he's one of my best friends. And to see him grow and develop, but then, have the ability to pass that on to others. For me, that's like the icing on the cake. And I, I love I love sharing it. And, and another bit of insight, Casey, is that I, I originally I didn't like sharing these things because of 
when I grew up and I was very, I was very arrogant. I'd say that. And look, we, we all go through things and I was arrogant. Um, I was very disciplined, but that comes with the determination. Like if you, if you think of a Navy SEAL, sometimes they can be very arrogant and I'm not saying it's the right or wrong approach, but we, we learn, we live and learn. And I'm talking now, you know, six, seven, eight plus years ago, you know, not, not anywhere in the last three to four years, but with that arrogance came a bit of a persona. And what happened is when I started to change over the last three to four years, I was scared of sharing the good that I did in the world because I still had this identity that I was attached to. And we do this when we get in the slump where I was like, oh, but if I share that story, if I share this with Casey on the podcast, Casey's, Casey and her listeners are going to think, oh, okay, we get it. You, you've opened up another business. But I really had to, it was a struggle to break free from that. And I, I, I attest to the Tony Robbins team. And I'm going to share this with the 73 members that were there at Tony Robbins because there was one morning, it was so special, where I shared this story. I'd originally told it to two people in a sauna. And those two people were one of the two of the main instructors and they wanted me to tell in front of the group, we would meet and huddle in a big group and we'd do all these, these shares. And I was petrified because I'm like, no, I don't want to be seen as arrogant. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, this is going to inspire people. And I was crying when I had to share that story. I could not crying because of what I did crying because I was so petrified of the response for me sharing it. But when I did, I had a very successful, uh, entrepreneur and beautiful person named Iris. And I'm going to give this to Iris. She's a, from Germany and Iris grabbed the mic off me and said, you know, I want to donate $50,000 to this community, what you're doing. And then another person said, I want to donate. And the whole room just lit up and it was this big hug and big embrace. And yeah, one, one of the most powerful moments of my life. I've had a few, but that, that there is ingrained in my memory. And that was the turning point for me. And that only happened in August last year. So it hasn't been a long time. And, and that's why now I really, when you say, you know, a lot of people comment and say I'm a good storyteller because I've just completely flipped my perspective and it's like, well, I've got, I've got the potential to really empower people and, if, and, and, and let them see a vision and, and see what's capable. I, I told a similar story at one of the breathwork camps that I did and two of the girls that were listening were like, oh my God, like I never thought of doing those things when I was overseas or never thought about helping people in that way or how to identify people like that. And they've sent me messages. I got no joke, uh, two hours before this podcast, Daniela, uh, if you're listening, she sent me a message saying, I did exactly what you did, not to the scope, but I, I, I did something for someone and it's had this compounding effect and it's just changed. I got messages and it's changed their life and I feel so good. And she goes, it's all because of that story that you told me. So I see great power in storytelling. And for those of you that are out there, really find your story, find your purpose and find your why. And it doesn't have to be, you know, giving someone a, a $20,000, $30,000 car. It can be in the small acts that we do. You know, it's presence, it's being there for people, it's being there for each other, being there for yourself. So I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity and the platform, Casey, to share that story. And hopefully that people that are listening can get a bit of inspiration uh, for whatever they're trying to achieve or whatever goal they have in life and be confident in telling your story and be confident in sharing it with others. Because like me, I was petrified of what others would think. But if people think negatively of you when you set all the right intentions, they're probably not the type of people that need to be in your life. You know, there's going to be a lot of haters. There's going to be a lot of people that don't like what you do. You're not going to be loved by everyone. But I think what's important is that if you stay close to your mission again and your purpose and you're pure and you do it with a pure intention and pure heart, 
There's no one that can take that away from you. There's no one that can influence that. And trust me, when you feel that wealthy inside, that fulfillment, when we chase that fulfillment and the feeling that I get from talking to Pate, there's not one thing that anyone could say to me that would throw me off my decision to sharing that story because I've already got it. I've got that feeling. I know what it's like. I'm hanging on to it. There's no one taking that away. So I encourage you to, to share and spread spread your love because a lot of the time we do stay very internal and we internalize a lot of thoughts, but share the good that you do. You don't know the impact that it can have on another person. That's beautiful. And thank you so much for saying yes to doing this podcast with me as well, being my first guest and just guiding me through this process as well. So thank you very much for that. Now, just to tie everything together, what are your intentions for this week? Perfect. I like it. Good way to finish up. So my intentions, we're Monday, so we've still got a, a large amount of the week left. I, I want to be really present, not to end on a som- somber note, but I do have a funeral of a close relative that I need to attend on Wednesday. Um, but I think being present for the other family members, uh, that's really important to me. And I've cleared my whole schedule for that. Uh, it seems... Um, you know, like that's what anyone would do, you know, clear their schedule, go to a funeral, but to be actually present and show a lot of love to other family members and show that support is, is a big one. Uh, as well, continuing to set up this commercial space is big, but I'm trying to uh, get some of my managers to take more lead on that and empower them to grow their skill set. So that's number two. Number three is read. I haven't read. I mentioned at the start that I'm, I'm behind. I do a mastermind group. That's another, just a side note. Uh, Get a peer group that can help support you. We call it mastermind groups. You may call it something else, but I'm in a mastermind group with some of the people, beautiful people that I've met over the last 16 to 18 months. And we hold each other, ourselves accountable with our books and our reading and our knowledge. So I do that on Thursday mornings. Uh, so I need to read my book before Thursday. And I want to set myself up for what will be a big year. So I've been doing a lot of business planning recently, but also a lot of relationship planning with my fiance. We're engaged, so working out what we're going to do and moving on with marriage and we're building our first home this year. So there's a lot happening on that front. So again, it's not just career and finance, there's a lot of other things. And I've got an appointment with my surgeon tomorrow. I unfortunately tore my radial ulnar ligament in my wrist, which is like most people know what an ACL is. It's like an ACL of the wrist. I did the injury last year, but it was a partial tear, an 85% partial tear, so still quite severe. I was prepping for a fight over the weekend and tore it completely. So I need to have surgery and I wanna make sure that I'm well prepped mentally and physically for that surgery and get in a good mindset where I can have a strong recovery because otherwise I can let that beat me down because it will end up being a two year injury. And it is very frustrating for those of you that have been injured. So that's all the things that are happening with me at the moment. There are of course, plenty more and we're always doing things. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do with Savisi as well, speaking to Pate this morning, but yeah, just be present. Uh, I think presence will help presence with my staff to lead them in the right way. Presence with Pate uh, leading him presence at the funeral uh, and present with my own body and my own mental uh, mental state before going into uh, a surgery that will put me out for a period of time. So there you go. I love that presence is so important and quality time is really important as well. And presence is an integral integral part of um, quality time. So thank you so much for the quality time that we have had and your presence for the last hour. I very much appreciate your time, Fernando. And thank you for jumping on the podcast. I have learned so much 
as always with every conversation that I've had with you, I always learn something and, and get something out of it. So I really appreciate that. Where can our listeners find you on what platforms? Perfect. No, thank, thanks for that. Thanks for the shout out. And thanks for having me again. Like it's such a beautiful platform and, you know, this is the second podcast, but it's where all the fun begins, you know, like most people know Joe Rogan podcast and he's got thousands of them now, but some of his early podcasts were some of the special ones, you know, so uh, I, I do appreciate you setting this up and, and putting yourself out there. And that's what Casey's done, you know, for those that are listening. And if you've got a dream or vision, just do it. Just go for it. I, I've uh I've told one of my staff members to start a TikTok for our company and I'm like so against TikTok. I'm sorry to all those TikTok lovers out there, but uh, one, one per person in my mastermind group, see, creative, it gave me some few ideas to expand the business. And he's like, oh, I use TikTok, you know, I can help you with all these, the ways to gain followers because this guy gains followers like crazy. He's one of my Dutch mates. And I thought I've got to get onto, on, onto this. So um, well done, Casey, on following your your. Um, passion and your drive and your career path and chasing your identity. See, Casey's sacrifice. Casey's not sacrificing much, but she's got all these things to gain from a podcast. So, to the listeners, I encourage you to do the same. Um, but yeah, I, I'd summarize and, and say that you know where they can find me is Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, just Fernando Bigella on on Instagram. I've got my like AI sort of photo. You'll, you'll see me pop up. Uh, personalized supports at personalized supports is, is this company here. That's where we do all our great work. I've got other companies as well. But to be honest, this is this is where my heart is. This is the largest company. This is where we're doing amazing work. Um, and if you want to reach out to Casey or myself, please do so. I'm, I'm here to answer any questions. Casey, I'll give you the nine pillars of wealth and even the six human needs. I know we didn't touch on that much, but that's a really important area when I spoke about significance and there's other, there's five other needs that we aspire aspire to achieve and, and how humans react and act. So look, there's there's plenty of knowledge out there. I'm happy to help anyone, any time of day, I'll, I'll give it. Um, so you can find me there. You can reach out to Casey. I'll give her a bit of content as well. And just keep listening to her podcast because she's going to have some amazing people on. We, we did a little bit of brainstorming a week ago. And like I said, like I, I'm not qualified to talk in each area. I just have the overall picture of things. But when we talk about these pillars of wealth, there's, there'll be someone that's a lot better in finance. There'll be a better, someone that's a lot better in their identity and their relationships and so on. So Casey's going to give you all the content, give you all the people. Uh, I'm just here to put it all together. So if you need me, uh, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, you've got Casey and, and you've got your support network. The people you've, you've got in your life, they're there. They're in front of you. Use them. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Fernando. I will link all of the things that Fernando man mentioned in the show notes as well. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, we will tune in next time at the next episode. Perfect. Thanks, Love guys. it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Let's Dive Deep podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to explore this conversation with you. If this conversation has inspired you or resonated with you, please share it with someone you love. You can follow us on Instagram at let's underscore dive deep. Until next time.